All right, welcome to Two Player Brothers, the podcast by two brothers who play way too many video games. Way too many. I'll be your player number one because I got here first, Mike Butler. I'm player number two uh, most of the time. <laughs> Not all the time. I'll take Sonic whenever I want to take Sonic. Oh, you think so, but it's uh, not going to happen. Well, you know what? Tails is invincible, so you know what? Fine, I'll take Tails. All right. What's Easy your, mode. What's your name? <laughs> My name's Alex. All right. I'm player two. We will be the two-player brothers in this two-player brother podcast. So, our podcast is uh, done like an old game magazine that we used to read when we were kids, so we're going to have the format just the same. We're going to go uh, give you our table of contents, tell you what we're talking about. We're going to go through a quick Q&A. We're going to talk about the news that we uh, saw in between podcasts, and we're going to go through some game previews. We're going to talk about our big article. We're going to go through some reviews, and uh, maybe uh, maybe you want to talk about some retro stuff, bro? I, dude, I've been playing so many retro games lately. I would love to talk about some retro games. All right, then. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, table of contents, Q&A, news, some previews on uh, Yoshi's Crafted World. We're going to go through some Visage. Devil May Cry 5 just dropped a demo. We've been playing some early Anthem Access, and uh, Final Fantasy uh, 15 is coming out with its last DLC. So we're going to preview that for you guys. Um, then our main discussion is going to be the state of games today, single player versus multiplayer. You know, everything's kind of taken over multiplayer nowadays. A lot of single players getting thrown to the wayside, it seems. And Battle Royale seems to be everywhere. What do we think about that? Um, then we're going to go through some reviews. What kind of reviews are we doing today, bro? Today, we will be reviewing Tetris 99, Apex Legends, the game that's all the buzz, <laughs> and Re- Resident Evil 2. I believe it's pronounced Resident Evil 2. All right, fair enough. <laughs> all right, you're right about that. All right, and then... Uh, and then uh, we'll wrap it up with some retro game talks. Retro round two ooh. is what we're calling that segment. Because if you think about it, it's round two. Because round one was playing them when we, when we were all youngins, you know? So this is round two. Back when we had hope. Anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's flip the page and go to our Q&A. Question number one. Oh, right. Asked by my fiance. All right. This is an interesting first question. What is your least favorite game? I would have to say that's pretty, that's actually an easy one. Um, because it not only is one of the worst games ever made famously, but it also broke my heart. I think you might know what I'm going to say. Are you going to say E.T.? No, because that didn't break my heart. I'm not that old. Oh, okay. The game that broke my heart and is famously terrible is Superman 64, the E.T. of our generation. You know what's the funny part, though? I loved playing that game when we were really younger. You know, I loved flying, and it was the only Superman game I could get. Exactly. But it sucks. Just flying and <laughs> running around with laser eyes. That's all I cared about as a kid, uh, though. Only laser eyes if you got the token, and if you could even see three feet in front of you because of the kryptonite. Oh, yeah. That's true, too. I mean, I remember playing that game, being so excited, all the screenshots, got delayed, finally picking it up. And just, I, I couldn't accept that it was bad. And as it kept going, I was like, no, this is bad. And then, you know, it's, it's not just because it's the animated series, because PlayStation 2, the Superman animated series game, came out. And that game's probably one of the best Superman games of uh, all the very famously hard-to-make Superman games. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my least favorite uh, that came. You're, you're, you're ruining it for me, because that game holds a special place in my heart. Because as a kid, I remember it being good. 
So I, I just can't go back and play it again because I feel like it's just going to break my heart. Don't. It's going to break my heart. Don't if I go, go back. back and play it again. All right, that's that's player one over here's least favorite game. Oh, player two. What's your least favorite? Player two. I'm not going to go too much into it because we're going to have a segment on it a little bit later. But you know, I have to say my least favorite game is one very recently. And uh, you'll hear my reasons why later, but Fortnite is definitely my least favorite game. That's of interesting. All, time. all the terrible games in all the yep. all the world. No Fortnite. Although I know it, it holds a special arch nemesis kind of place in your heart. Mm-hmm. I um, so so you, you you guys will hear about it later. All right. Um, so question number two. What do we got? What other right. one do we got? So so question number two. Uh, we got asked what. Aside from Mountain Dew, <laughs> what is the gamer fuel that fuels us the most? Oof. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. You want to take this one first, player two? All right. So mine's pretty simple. I'm, an, I'm a simple guy. It's Budweiser, man. <laughs> it's straight up Budweiser. You know, you game start playing game... See, because Budweiser, it's perfect. You know, it's it's not a high alcohol percentage, so you just get a light buzz as as the game goes on. So you like you don't get like tired. Well, you get tired out, obviously, but you don't get burnt out because as you keep going on, you're getting more and more buzz. So you're kind of getting. You're like, yeah, man. Instead of getting you know bored out, you know. <laughs> I guess I would have. I mean, I would have three different gamer fuels depending on the game I'm playing. If it's in the daytime, I'm probably putting on some tea or coffee. I'm getting my caffeine fix on. Um, while I'm playing the games, I'm a Coca-Cola guy. I mean, I love Mountain Dew, but I'm a big Coca-Cola guy. It's actually, I'm drinking it right now. Um, <laughs> I'm drinking Budweiser right that's, now. <laughs> it's true. Um, and then, you know, later at night, I'm trying to wind down, playing like Resident Evil 2, and I'm just going slow, trying to solve the puzzles and stuff like that. Um... I'm 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 tipping on some uh, Maker's Mark probably I'm I'm gonna Ooh, I'm kind of winding down classy. got a slow buzz it's got the classy my Maker's custom Mark. made whiskey glass I got for Valentine's Day for my fiance it's pretty nice it's got an M on it I'm probably drinking out of that ooh that's classy you know what now that you mentioned tea though I have to say green tea is probably a good gamer feel for me too I do like a good green tea especially if I'm gaming late at night and I don't want to be drinking any any beer or anything so healthy really Dude, balances tea, out that Budweiser green tea is. Oh, green tea is amazing. So, we have another question by, by actually the same person. All right. Well, so his quest, his uh, his next question was, "What was our favorite co-op game playing together growing up?" And I'm pretty sure we could both agree that that would be Calibri mm. for the Sega Genesis with the 32x attachment. That game was so good. That game was amazing. I want to play it like right now. I was thinking about it. That game was so good. Graphics, the music, the fact that you're a hummingbird kicking ass. Here's a little hummingbird. You know, start off shooting little seeds, but then you get some power ups. And there's, you can, do you remember the remember the frogs? I do remember you, the frogs. You that ate you. Yeah, you couldn't kill the frogs. You oh, couldn't yeah. attack them. But if you got too near the frog, it'll eat you. You know what that game was? That game was like those top down like airplane uh, space shooter games, like um, Galaga and stuff, mm-hmm. mixed with Echo the Dolphin. Yeah, multi directional. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. It was really fun to play. Um, it looked good, played good. You know what the thing is though? We never beat it, Mike. We never beat it. That's too hard. I've never I, I I've beaten Echo the Dolphin way later in life, but much like Echo the Dolphin, nature games like that uh, are, are 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 tough. It's a shame. We, we need to go back. One of these days, we'll go back, Mike. 
You and I. We maybe we'll, we'll do it. a uh, two-player bros stream about it. Maybe we will. Um. All right. I think I think Calibri's probably the the best co-op game. I mean, I remember having a lot of fun with you and 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 some of our friends playing like Marvel Ultimate Alliance as well. That was fun. Um, yeah. Oh, we always had fun playing Sonic and Tails as well. Always, always making me be Tails. Uh, you love Tails now, so you're uh, Tails is my favorite. I can't complain. <laughs> I do love Tails. I don't like the voice actors of Tails in the most recent games. Whiny. I have to say, the last good voice actor of Tails was Sonic Adventure One, and yeah. from there it just when went. He was just down, kind of like a kid. It just went downhill. Annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And uh, did we have a question number four? We had uh, someone ask us. What is our favorite track, music track, while playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2? Well, my answer would probably be, um, I'm going to say Papa Roach, because I was always a big Papa Roach guy when I was a kid. I know they had a song on there. Um, was that 2, though? I can't remember. I think that was 2. I think I had See, this a, is my problem. I, I think I only ever played 2, and I, didn't, I don't remember it at all. That was so long ago. Uh, yes, it was Papa Roach, and it was Blood Brothers. Um, was the song, and I was always I always played that one. But uh, Rage Against the Machine also had a song. Gorilla Radio was on there. Uh, I always thought that was good. Mm. But um, I remember listening to a lot of the Power Man Five Thousand though as well because that was more of like a fun song. That was a good skate song. But you know, I had to look Skater it up because I couldn't really remember. Because like no. you said, they all bleed together. One, two, and three are all solid skater games, and they all do bleed together. So. I suppose since this is our first podcast, we should introduce a little bit about ourselves and what we, why we think we should be doing a video game podcast. Um, I myself, Player One, Mike, I am a, an actor and writer based on the East Coast um, for my day job trying to actually make money. I work at a movie theater, um, but I think both of us growing up, video games were a big bonding moment for both of us. We both loved video games. Um, and starting from the very beginning, we had a Nintendo and we had an Atari 2600 from our parents. And I think we've pretty much had every major system since then. Am I wrong, bro? I mean, the we've missed a couple. One, yeah, we've missed a, we never had an SNES. That's that was like probably the, big the biggest one. one, yeah. We never had an SNES. But, yeah, aside from that, we had pretty much everything. Genesis, we had the 32X add-on. Yeah. We uh, missed the big clunky Game Boys. We never got one of those, but we did get the uh, Advanced. We got a Color. In Color, yep. Um, we got a Pocket. So I guess we get pocket color and then advanced. Yeah. Um, Sixty four. PlayStation. PlayStation. PlayStation two, three. I have a PlayStation four. Xbox. Xbox three sixty. Xbox one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dreamcast. Underrated Dreamcast. Love the Dreamcast. Nintendo Ooh, 64 Dreamcast. Um, so I mean, we have in our lifetime played pretty much every major game. I still remember the first time our father brought home their his PC to work on from home. Um, and it had Doom installed from the other software engineers, and that, I remember that blowing our minds. Yeah, Playing the that old was, DOS games. We didn't have audio though. That was that was the craziest part. Yeah. For the longest time playing Doom, we did not have audio. There were no speakers on that computer. Yeah. And then, like maybe like a year or two later, we finally got speakers on that computer, and we were like, "Whoa, Doom sounds great! <laughs> it actually has sound." Oh, never forget I, the songs. I was so young, I was just like, okay, this game doesn't have sound, oh well, you know. Yeah, it's computers. Computers, were PCs were pretty much new, especially for gaming, um, for us anyway. Um, and this was back in the early 90s, so that was that was mind-blowing. Good old DOS days. Mm, floppy disks. Can't put it all floppy. on one CD. Super floppy. Uh, so yeah, that's a little bit about us and where we came from. About you. 
No, about me. And how about you, bro? So, my name's Alex. So, like Mike said, that's how we grew up. I have really nothing else to add about that. Um, I am an IT guy, though. So, I've been getting a lot into computer games. And I'm just mainly a PC gamer now. So, you'll be hearing me talk about a, uh, the majority of the topics about PC gaming. As that's basically my life right now, is just... Being an IT guy and playing PC games. That's right. I, I also have a PC. Um, I don't game on it as much. I'm much more of a console guy. I like to chill on the couch and play. Um, but in terms of gaming, yeah, you'll get a lot of PC from him. Any crossover will be both of us. Um, but I have an Xbox One. I have a Switch. I have a PS4. Um, and we both have the HTC Vive. So we'll both be, um, we can both review some VR games when they come out if we want to talk about them. Or if you guys want us to talk about them as well. So, yeah. That's that. Awkward. <laughs> All right. Um, time for some news, bro. Some news? Yeah, we're flipping that page. What do we got in the news today? All right. Well, uh, first of all, I heard a very interesting story the other day. Actually, one of my buddies, Russ Lyman, a fellow uh, video game aficionado who actually streams on YouTube, um, Russ told me, and I had to look it up, that the uh, game Scalebound is coming back on the Nintendo Switch uh, and, and it's getting new life. Scalebound? What's Scalebound? So Scalebound was made for the guy who made the original Devil May Cry series. Um, and the guy who made the Bayonetta games, Platinum Games, they made Bayonetta 1 and 2. And they're going to make Bayonetta 3 for the Switch. So because they have such a good relationship with Nintendo, and Xbox canceled Scalebound, um, they're going to bring it back there. Now, Scalebound was an Xbox exclusive. Um and they made a huge deal about it for two years in E3. I think it was announced during E3 2017, if I'm not mistaken. It was this game where you control a character, much like the kind of revamped Dante, like the sassy guy with a leather jacket and headphones who also happened to have a giant dragon as his best friend, and you would go around just hack and slash, and it looked really fun. Um, but they canceled it earlier last year. Um, yeah, it was kind of a disappointment because it did look really fun. It was going to have a co-op mode and everything. And Xbox didn't say why they canceled it. I think they were just disappointed in how far along it was coming. And rumor has it, it hasn't been officially announced yet, that the game is going to be announced by Nintendo. And Nintendo is going to pick it up and start making it again because of their great relationship with Platinum Games. Um, so I'm excited for that. Playing that a, sounds pretty amazing. Yeah, co-op game on the Switch. Uh, the only thing that I would be concerned about is, not really concerned about, but curious, is how to get those graphics that were on Xbox One, because the game did look really good, and poured it onto the little Switch. And I know they did, like, Skyrim, and I believe Japan got Resident Evil 7, but you had to be online to get that cloud technology to help build up some of the graphics. Um, so I'm wondering if they're going to need to do that, and this won't be a one of the very few games that are not portable. But if they can build this into a portable game, that would be very impressive. Well, on the on the technical spec side, I'm sure they could just dumb down the resolution and textures. And, and plus, the uh, the Switch has a nice uh, NVIDIA card in it. Say, I am a fan of NVIDIA. Graphics powered by NVIDIA on a Switch. As long as my dragon looks good, bro. As long as my oh, dragon, your dragon looks good. going to look great on that NVIDIA Tegra. Well, that's good. I think the next bit of news we have is also some Nintendo news. Nintendo taking the spot. I was right. Our, both of our news articles today are about Nintendo. Um... Did you hear about the uh, the latest news? The latest news. So apparently, Nintendo of America's uh, president uh, Reggie Phil's aim. I hope I'm saying his name right. Um, is uh, is going to retire? 
and they've already named his replacement. What's his name? What's his name, Mike? I don't know if you're ready for this. Am I ready? Can I ever be ready? He's giving the keys to the Mushroom Kingdom over to Doug Bowser. What? That's right. Bowser's what? taking over the Mushroom Kingdom. Uh... I mean, will there be a Mario to stop him? Though? There was—he's already been named, so I guess he tried and failed. Ah, oh, Mario actually lost for once, guys. In real life, I mean, has first of all, do we ever have we ever known Bowser's first name? I mean, he's King Koopa. He's Bowser. Um, has he ever had a first name? Has it always been Doug? I thought it was King. <laughs> King Koopa, but apparently it's Doug. King Doug Bowser. That's crazy. Bowser's taking over Nintendo, everyone. So apparently he's Nintendo of America's senior vice president of sales and marketing. Um, it's kind of sad. I mean, Reggie feels aim. He was kind of like a... He seemed kind of like a down-to-earth guy in all the videos, and every time he'd go to E3 and announce something, he seemed pretty excited about it. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised he's retiring. Seems like a younger guy. Seemed really into it at the last E3, but, you know, everybody knows when it's their time. Indeed. And we hope... Uh, Ask the mantle to Bowser. Yeah, it's it's tough to say this, but I guess we wish Mr. Bowser all the best and continue to run a uh, great and beloved company. Just keep keep anyone named Peach at the company away from him. That's right. All right, and that does it for news, so let's flip the page. All right, time for some previews. Uh, First up, I guess we should keep the Nintendo train rolling and let's go to uh, Yoshi's Crafted World. More Nintendo with Yoshi! All right, bro. So uh, you and I got a chance to play some Yoshi's Crafted World that came out we the demo. We did play some Yoshi's Crafted World. It was pretty fun. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Art style reminded me of Kirby's Epic Yarn. Yeah, and Yoshi's Woolly World. It seems like that's what they're going with for their uh, Kirby and Yoshi characters, which is fine, because I think they skew a little younger anyway. And Yoshi's stories have always been kind of... Uh, Yoshi's story. It was a Nintendo 64 game. We're very storybooky anyway. They were all very, also very like fairy tale, dreamland kind of type games. I loved Yoshi's story. And that's what I loved about that demo we just played. It does remind me a lot of Yoshi's Story. It's got all the same pickups. Um, you know, if you've played a Yoshi game, you know how to play this game. It's very playable. The graphics are really good. The detail they put into the crafted world of making it really feel, feel not just creating a world, but making it feel like these are taped on, like, like some parents helped a kid make their own little Yoshi world is really great. I also enjoy the color scheme. Uh, my one complaint about the game, I don't know if you would have the same, is that it's a little too easy, and I'm sure that would change later on. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's just kind of like a first-level feel that they give you. You know, first levels are always pretty easy, so I, I would hope, and I'm sure they're going to make the uh, later levels a lot difficult. And and they also have that uh, really cool flips, flip mode. Yeah, so when you beat the first level, what's really cool is you have a flip mode of the game in the demo. It might be in the final game every level. Um, Poochie who's Yoshi's dog, uh, her pups run amok, and you have to find, at least in the demo, three of them, but the level is flipped upside down, or flipped backwards, and you see everything from the opposite side, and you have to find all three in a time limit and play the level backwards. So that was a pretty cool way to keep the game going, I think, plus the collectibles in the main game themselves. Um, I know you found the dogs in time. It took me a second try to get the dogs in time. Well, the first one was really easy. It's he's like right as you get off the train. Mm-hmm. You see him there. I'm not, not, not to spoil it for anyone, but but then uh, the second one was in the background, and I was kind of like, okay, maybe I should keep an eye on the background. I forgot where the third one was. Where was the third one? No, he was in the, the little tunnel. He was in the little tunnel toward the very end. Yeah. yeah. Or beginning. Ooh. Because it's flipped. Because it's flipped around. 
sound I And it was the beginning, technically. Uh, so, yeah, that was pretty fun. And then afterward, uh, this little guy that we're talking to in the main overworld told us to click cows. <laughs> Ooh, the cows. So the cow scavenger hunt was there as well. Um, it really makes you go back and really appreciate everything in the level, I think. What was also cool is it's it's a 2D platformer. But there really is a lot of depth to the level because you're saying you're attacking the cows that are in the background. You can, you know, use your eggs to throw out people in the foreground or further in the back. And there's also branching paths where even though you're just going up or down, then you can kind of go into different directions in the level. And we used our eggs a couple of times to open up different pathways, which was cool. Yep. Throwing, throwing eggs at cows. Just don't do that in real life, guys. Uh, I would not recommend it. No. Uh, so that was a very, fairly easy. What also concerns me is... When you start the game, there's an easier mode you can do, which is basically breezy mode, I think it's called, where you are Yoshi with wings. At least that's what the menu makes it seem. Uh, I have not actually tried it, Um, but it almost makes the game seem too easy. But, you know, this is a great game to start that, I think, because maybe this is somebody's kid's first game. Exactly. Probably, like, maybe, like, you can give, like, their three or four-year-old controller, be like, here, try, try a video game for the first time. You know, to keep them from getting frustrated, just to get a feel of what video games are like. That's I feel like that's what they would gear that mode towards. That's true. I just I just hope the game gets a little more puzzly um, as it goes on. I remember Yoshi for the 3DS, which was what my last Yoshi game was. And that did get a little more difficult as it went on. And I just hope that this Yoshi game kind of keeps that in there because I definitely want to get it. I definitely want to try it out. We'll review it here if I do. I probably will. It's an adorable game with great graphics and great feel for it. And uh, I think I want to buy a uh, Crafted World Yoshi if they sell it. A little, little plush Yoshi. I have a woolly Yoshi. It's gotta, he's got to have a friend. Ooh, he does need a friend. Well, you need to get him a different color, though. It can't be the same color Yoshi. Oh, I have, I'd have to have the pink Yoshi. That's what I always played in Yoshi's story. Oh, okay. Teal. i got to have the teal. All right. So we'll have dueling Yoshis. So next on the list of previews, we're going to completely flip it around. I don't think we can go further away from uh, Yoshi's Crafted World. So we're, we're taking quite a different turn here, guys. So Visage is a game that I've been following for a long time. It is a horror game made by the studio Sad Square Studio. And it has been in, like, Kickstarter hell for for years and just this past year, and finally got its alpha version released on Steam, where you can play the first chapter. And the first chapter is actually pretty lengthy. Um, not to go into uh, too much detail about the start of the game, because it's pretty gruesome. You start off as this guy, and uh, let's just say uh, you're not too fond of your family, apparently. And they don't, they don't hesitate to show you the whole murder. If you're not keen on uh, disturbing things, this might be one to skip. Rated M for mature. Oh, oh definitely, <laughs> yeah. It's not for the faint of heart. Anyway, after that pretty gruesome scene, you start off, you're in a house, you get no direction of what to do. Um, it, it, it gives you hints on the gameplay mechanics, but aside from the gameplay mechanics, you're just left to go about this abandoned house at night during a storm and just kind of figure it out as you go. I have to say, this that game, didn't that game have beautiful graphics? It had fantastic graphics. I will say at the start, there's a gun and it is a little shiny, almost waxy, but all my fears were, were misplaced when I picked up that first photograph. Uh, in the frame, and there were all the little dust on it. The fingerprints were there. Like, you could tell that that was a used photo thing. And then the, the whole, the lighting, the house, everything looks fantastic, yeah. Yeah, the graphics are so 
pretty. I just have to use – it's weird to use the word pretty for a game – to describe a game like this. But mm-hmm. they're realistic. Okay, I guess realistic is a better word. And uh, that really helps put you in the shoes of the the player character as you're going along. Um, I have to say it is the scariest game probably that I've, I've played. And I play a lot of horror games. Um so if if you guys get a chance to check Visage out, I really say go for it. I don't want to say too much. I don't want to spoil anything, but um, I will say that if you have played Eternal Darkness on the GameCube, um, love Eternal Darkness, made by I believe they're Silicone Knights. I want to say now been defunct for a long time, but mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Ah, that game was good. Anyway, it's got it has some sanity mechanics like that, not as in depth as Eternal Darkness, but definitely. Uh, Got some same elements there, sanity-wise, sanity meters. Um, I would say definitely give it a shot. I I enjoyed it. It was definitely kind of scary. I don't know if it was as scary as Emily wants to play. Um, And I know Visage is going to get a VR mode, and I'm sure it would be frightening in that. But there were a lot of the scares that you were with me when I played it, telling me, oh, this this blinked and this blinked. But I I didn't really notice that because I was too busy playing the game. But as it got a little more intense and you finally were getting haunted... Um, as is the point of the game, that was definitely a little freaky. The uh, sound of the specter that was coming yep. after me was pretty off-putting. For the price, if you can get it, it's early access. I noticed, um, I haven't played it for too long, but I did notice in preview a lot of doors were off-limits in the early access version. It's 25 right now, full price. I would definitely get it on sale, just because of all the doors that are locked, and it's early access. You got you got time, but definitely get it before it. If you're interested in this game, it will be a great game when it comes out, when there's more to it. Um, so getting it at this price now is a steal. They do have a lot more. This is only the first chapter, and it's pretty lengthy, too. Um, I, I've played through the whole thing. Um, you, you will get a good, let's say, two hours of gameplay out of the, just the first chapter alone. So they're, I think they're planning on five, four or five chapters. So That's not bad for a horror game. There's, there's going to be good length to this game. The problem right now is they're trying to make it very VR-friendly, so the controls are kind of wonky if you're playing... Uh, on controller or or keyboard and mouse they haven't really married the two control schemes yet you will hate opening doors oh, yeah they actually just changed uh draws when you just tried it right now draws used to open the same ways as doors you had to pull oh, them open God. with your mouse I, I, I couldn't i couldn't nope no neither could anyone else which is why they changed it to just clicking although you know if they change it to make it the mouse wheel i would think that would be a lot better you click it you just spin your mouse wheel i would i would that'd prefer that mechanic yeah that'd be a good idea so next on the list, we have. <laughs> Sorry for my chair. Uh, chair I swear sure. this chair is a really good chair. Um, so next on the list, we've got Anthem. Oh yeah, coming out tomorrow when this is recorded. Uh, yes. So comes out February twenty second, which will have already passed by the time this comes out. Um, so you guys will have had a chance to play it as well. I definitely I played the early access. Um, because I am an EA Access member. Ooh, special. Right? So I've played uh, probably about nine hours out of my ten hours. So let me ask you this. What uh, what suit did you pick? So I started with the uh, the Ranger um, because I wanted something mid-range. I didn't want to get stuck with um, a suit that was either too bulky and I hated moving in or a suit that was too light and I kept getting murdered in. So I got a middle of the road to start. And then after that, I unlocked the storm, and that's about as far as I've got in my trial. So I've gotten, I've tried out two of the suits. So, so what's it like? So it's a fun game. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Bioware. Um, 
you know me. I love Mass Effect. Mass Effect is probably my favorite uh, game series of all time. Um, I'm a big fan of their story-based games and the decision-making. Um, I mean, Knights of the Old Public is also one of my favorite games, and that's kind of where that all started from. And in that respect, I find the game is lacking. Um, it kind of throws you in an almost Star Wars-like universe, but without the background that like Mass Effect gives you. And it's not based in anything real like Mass Effect, so you have nothing to kind of compare anything to. These humans just live on this really strange world. Um, the Anthem of Creation is a device these uh, an old race called the Shapers used to use to make everything on the planet. Um, and then people can use those um, Anthem of Creation to create monsters and terrible things. And that's about as deep as the story seems to go for right now. And anything else is kind of inconsequential. You can make decisions in terms of your dialogue, but it doesn't seem to really change anything characters later on will kind of ignore it or will act like you made the other choice in the dialogue tree anyway which is a little weird but most of the games about the combat and the movement it's essentially an iron man simulator um in terms of your character and in that respect it's amazing the character movement of the suit running taking jumping taking off for the first time feels fantastic tight intuitive um it just feels right in your hands uh, the guns, I feel I could use a little bit more oomph. I mean, that's a big thing when you're playing a game like this, especially a game that's an RPG that's meant for way past the story, which I believe is about 15 hours. So most of it is end game content where you're just getting the best guns and, and gear that you can. And the guns do feel a little light in your hands, which makes sense because you're a giant robot, but you're also carrying giant guns. So they should feel a little bit more powerful. Gotcha. So would you say, so I only watched a little bit of gameplay, but would you say... It's basically a mix of Borderlands and Monster Hunter, it looked like to me. Um, I think the Monster Hunter comparison is is fair. Um, the world is definitely very close to it, um, the way it's laid out and the open-worldness of it. And you do collect the materials and stuff, and you do fight monsters in free-player mode, which isn't the best. But I would actually say the best comparison I took away from it is it's The Division mixed with Destiny. I get crazy Destiny vibes from this thing, like it was nobody's business. You can make your ranger, you can give him the cloak, just like my guy in Destiny. I can essentially make him look this exact same. I feel like the slight Middle Eastern kind of vibe going on in the game, like the like the Eastern kind of hemisphere kind of vibe, is is totally a rip on Destiny. But I also feel like it's got a lot of division moments. It's got like the you take shots, you see the damage up on the screen, the way the gear works, the way your customization works. It's very similar to The Division. Not that that's a bad thing, but I think that the game needs to find a voice of its own. But, you know, as much as I'm digging it, it's actually really fun to play. It's great to play co-op with friends. And it's just a fun adventure. I just hope that the DLC and stuff is going to add to the world. I'd, I'd like to see that world fleshed out. Sounds like a really fun game. Oh, I can't we'll wait. see. Yeah. Can't wait to play it. Well, we'll be reviewing it on the next cast. Tomorrow, if it comes out. Tomorrow comes out, so that gives us plenty of time. Indeed. All right, bro. And then I think there's one more thing you wanted to preview. A certain game that is near and dear to your heart. Final Fantasy XV. I absolutely loved it. Not too many people did. Between the movie, the backstory cartoons, anime, and, uh, you know, just the game itself... DLC that came out. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Um, but now they're releasing their final DLC. And then that's it. Final 15's done. 
And it's it's kind of upsetting because they were supposed to release a few more DLC, but the producer left to do other things. Um, so now we're just left with the final DLC, which is Arden. You get to play as the main antagonist, Arden. And it's, I know it's a slight spoiler for maybe some people who haven't seen the movie or watched the game. They were supposed to release a couple more DLCs this year. One where you uh, play as Noctis again. Another where you play as uh, Lunafreya. And then a final one where you play as Aranea. So all, all we're getting right now is the Arden DLC. But they released a little uh, backstory anime, kind of like they did with the main game, where you get a really nice background into the character. Character, That's where cool. you never really you, you got a little you know hints here and there of what he what he was like and uh, you know the the brother of uh, Somnus the first king and you know that he absorbed all the demons and that's what kind of messed him up you really get a good background into what his life was like what his personality was like back then before he uh, became corrupted you know uh, the trailer shows some pretty pretty fun gameplay um, you can summon, I think it even shows you were able to take control of uh, Ifrit, the fire god. I'm a Baphomet kind of guy. Baphomet? That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. The dragon god. And, you know, as you would expect from the main antagonist, he is just, he de- demolishes. He's, you're, you're playing as this badass, powerful dude, you know. Right off the bat, it seems. Hopefully you'll get a lot of closure from this DLC. One of the main uh, criticisms people have about the game is um, it left a lot of plot holes after kind of the halfway point of the game. Because mm-hmm. it seemed like they just kind of sped their way through the second half. They, they tried to remedy that with the DLCs that have came out before. And honestly, they probably would have been able to patch a lot more plot holes if they were able to release the uh, other planned DLCs. But we'll see what we get with this Arden DLC. It looks like it's going to be a fun time. Yes. I'm excited. After that's just to wait for uh, 16. Yep, 16. And then uh, all the, the MMOs, 11 and uh, 14 still going. Still going strong. I don't know. You like those two. Well, I like 14. He likes 14. So I think that's the end of preview. So let's uh, flip that page. So now we have our main discussion for a uh, big article. Big one. All right. So uh, what are we starting off with there, Mike? Start off with something light, something not too big at all, which is uh, the state of games today. That's not big at all. Not at all. That's not big. Um, so I think both you and I have, um, I mean, I think we come together at some points in our opinions, but also we kind of diverge as well. So let's talk about games. Like everything now, right off the bat. Games are a service now. I don't know when it happened. I don't know the exact date, but they stopped being games. They are a service disguised as games. Hey, $5 for this new skin. Oh, yeah. You want to watch the rest of that story? You better get that DLC. Make it cheaper. Get the whole pack for $45 more. Miss the days when you go to the store, you'd buy a game for 60 bucks. You got everything the game would offer. You know, for extra things like, you know, crazy skins and stuff, they would be unlockable. But now you unlock them with money. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm okay with the idea of DLC, but in the way that it's got to be something extra. It's got to be something that doesn't, it wasn't missing from the first game. Like an extra campaign. An extra campaign, yeah, an extra story, some side story you never knew you wanted. But if you don't complete that story completely, if you let a bad guy, the main bad guy, get away, um, if you don't understand what's going on in the story and then you have a DLC that explains what's going on in the story, I feel like that's a cop-out. Another thing I hate is announcing DLC before the game comes out. If your DLC comes out a month after the game's release date, you should have had it attached to the game. Let me even take that further for you and let's talk about Ark. 
the main thing I hated about Ark, they released a huge DLC before the game was even released. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The game was still in early access, and then and they released their first paid DLC. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. It's pandering. It's insulting. Um, and it's it's worse when it's it's a game that you like. It's worse when it's a well made game, and they just know they're gonna get your money because yep. what are you what else are you gonna do? Especially an online game like Ark. They didn't even iron out all the bugs. It was still the game was still buggy as all hell. And they instead of fixing bugs, they were like, you know what? Let's create this giant content basically patch because honestly, it's an early access game. It should have just been a patch. But instead, they were like, you know, what? let's slap even more money on this and and, and milk our player base. And then you've got. Uh, what I feel is the death of the single player game. Um, and I feel like that's kind of happening everywhere is everything's got to be multiplayer focused. Hey, we were seeing that with Anthem. Like I talked in the preview before, if you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to it. I talk about how the story doesn't mean much. There's not a lot there. It's bare bones. Your decisions don't mean much. It's all about the multiplayer. And they were a classic single player game studio. Yep, and as a Twitch streamer, I can really tell you, I mean, you go on Twitch and you see the most played games now are uh, Apex Legends, Fortnite, only these multiplayer games, you know. Uh, You'll see some single-player games up there, but, like, only on, like, release day. And then Mm -hmm. after that, they're gone. Only People only are really want to see people play multiplayer games right now. And that's sad because single-player games are great. They're, They're why you have consoles that, you know, uh, couch multiplayer games were always there, but the, these games can create such amazing stories. Now you have games like Resident Evil 2, Red Dead Redemption 2, which was amazing. Um, God of War, which won awards, you know, left and right for the 2018 Game Awards and in multiple categories for multiple different people. Uh, you can have such great, powerful stories with technology now, and instead it's mostly being used to make a goldfish skin that you can buy. Um for twenty dollars, uh, you know, I I don't know how I feel because you know, I know player two over here, Alex hates uh, he hates Fortnite with a burning passion, and um, I do, I really do, and in most battle royale games too, I feel like battle royale is a meme. Now, what do you mean by meme? You say that all the time. I say it's a meme because it's just you know the current popular thing. It's gonna die. I hope it dies. I'll tell you, I had fun playing Epic Games Paragon when it was being developed. My my friend and I, we played a lot. It was getting me into MOBAs. And then all of a sudden, they realized Fortnite Battle Royale was kind of exploding. And they were getting so many people pouring money into it. And you know what they did? You know what they did? They got rid of Paragon. They completely got rid of Paragon. This really fun game that I was just trying to get into, just just to focus on Fortnite because you know Bower that was the uh, new thing after PUBG, and uh, they wanted to just cash out on it. You know, every game, every game needs a battle royale mode. Apparently, now the developers of Battlefield Five, Dice said that you know they didn't reach what they wanted to with sales, and they attributed it to they said it themselves. That they did not include a battle royale mode off the bat, and that's why their sales hurt. And that's sad to hear them say that. Well, I'll I'll add to Battlefield Five that that is they should have added that to the main mode because they showed the game mode. They talked about the game mode. That whole game was released, and I have it. And the multiplayer mode is great, but it's unfinished. They don't have that mode. They didn't finish story mode. 
Again, this is also a game as a service kind of thing. Yes, this is free to download, but it's free to download after the fact. So I paid, you know, a good amount of money. I paid a little bit more because I got the DLC because I'm a huge Battlefield fan. Huge Battlefield. I have all of them. I was still disappointed by the lack of features. And honestly, I haven't really gone back to it because it's not in there. And I know everything's got to have a Battle Royale mode, but... Everything does. Even Dying Light... They added Battle Royale to Dying Light. That's a little primary, A primarily single player with, you know, co-op features. But, like, mm-hmm. Battle Royale and Dying Light? They got added to everything. Like, come on, guys. Let's even like, take it further and go back to what you're talking about. Single player games. Oh, how single player is dying. Let's talk about Call of Duty Black Ops 4. No single player mode. No, they completely got rid of single player mode. What for? Battle Royale. For Battle Royale. They completely nixed the single player campaign so they could put in a Battle Royale feature instead. Which, you know, it's Call of Duty. I'm kind of done with them anyway. That's a yearly franchise. But again, that's another game as a service kind of thing as well because it's the same game. How many different advancements can you create on a game Year after year, hand over hand. It's why I stopped playing Assassin's Creed. It, was, it became too much. Yep. I can't keep up with that. Have you played the multiplayer in uh, in Black Ops 4? I have not had a chance to play the multiplayer So the multiplayer, 4. if you play that every, almost, not every map. There are some original maps, but a lot, the majority of the maps are just copy and paste it from old Call of Duty. Nuketown. They're, they're all there. Nuketown's there. <laughs> God, I am terrible with remembering the names of the map, but you, <laughs> if you, you play it, you'll see them. You'll, you'll see all the maps that you've played with the previous Call of Duties before. And I mean, that nostalgia factor is great, but... It's just lazy on the it's, developers. Yeah, part. they're just copy-paste, copy-paste, copy-paste. And I mean, Call of Duty games are fun. Uh, they're tough for me anyway. I know you're good at them. I think it's a good idea to have a breather every once in a while. I mean... I mean, I still haven't caught up, but a look at Assassin's Creed. It took a little while off, and you went from Syndicate, which was just like another Assassin's Creed game, just cookie-cutter, different generation. Then you went into Origins with the ancient Egypt setting, and they changed the game up, made it more like an RPG, added a lot of mechanics to it, fixed a lot of what people had issues with, and made it an even better game on an already established franchise. And Odyssey is just getting great reviews. Um, really even expanded on that even more. And I hope that they don't do one next year because take some time off. You've did two in a row. Take some time off because games need to be played. They need to be finished. They should not be a continuous cycle. They're not dinner. They're not lunch. They're not a service. They're not your heating bill. They should not have to be paid, you know, $60 hand over hand for the same game over and over again. Agreed. I agree with that. That being said... I do fall victim to playing multiplayer games. Multiplayer games are great. I do play some Fortnite every once in a while, um, much to your dismay. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed I of actually you. have a decent amount of skins, which I'm also ashamed about because they are too expensive. I'm, I'm so ashamed of you. Um, Paragon killer. <laughs> but they are, they are fun. Um, they do have their place, but at the expense of single-player games, I don't think that should be. I think a lot of people are developing over... Um, we need multiplayer, not realizing how popular single player can be. Look at Resident Evil 2 sales. Look at God of War's sales. Look at the Spider-Man game that just came out. Look at Red Dead Redemption 2. Single player games have, you I mean, that's got multiplayer You know what's mode, sad about still... all those games you just mentioned? Only one of those games you mentioned came out for PC. <laughs> None of these single player <laughs> games are coming out for PC. Well, and that kind of saddens me as a PC Give gamer. Red Dead Redemption 2 some time. I'm sure it'll come out just like Grand Theft Auto did. 
but not not Spider Man. I really was really looking forward to Spider Man. That looks that looks really fun. That's that was a lot of fun. So was God of War. God of War looks really fun. <laughs> and uh, so us PC gamers, we don't get these single player games. Come to the console side, bro. No. Well, because well, as you say that, we still have the most exclusives. This is true. By far. Single player games can have a life. They can be successful, and I feel like developers aren't giving them a chance as much as they used to. I mean, look at Star Wars. Look at every Star Wars game they cancel and say no. Star Wars is a great example because look at Battlefront 2 with the, the huge controversy over the loot boxes and how much mm-hmm. the, the credits cost. Players still play it, and they're still creating the content for free and stuff like that, but uh, I feel like it really killed the sales of that game. Yep. And I'm sure Shadows Battlefront 3 too. got... Oh, yeah. Shadows of War. When it first came out, it's a single-player game that had loot boxes. Got to get those loot boxes in. Yeah, but didn't Assassin's Creed? Yeah, Assassin's Creed had it. It's possible. Okay. Another single-player game with loot boxes. The only person game I know that does loot boxes right, um, well, Apex Legends does okay, which we'll get into. Um, But I think Overwatch does a really good job at their loot boxes. A A game that will give you rewards for not playing and give you the option, like, hey, if you want, go ahead and pay. But you don't need to because yeah, you can just play for the content. You can just play for it as long and, as you play for it, you'll get stuff. And it's not it's not pay to win kind of content. It's cosmetic. I feel like that's the one good thing to come out of a lot of games is I think developers have realized other than mobile games because they are all pay to win. But I feel like console and PC games loot boxes now are becoming more just cosmetic. I think people are realizing the pay to win aspect just kind of kills the game. I mean, this all kind of boiled down to you wanted to talk about how battle royales were terrible. I hate battle royales, and I think, but I'm still playing Apex Legends. Exactly, just because my my stream, I need them viewers. Got to get them viewers. We'll talk about it during our review as well about how that game kind of maybe skews it a little bit. But um, I think the battle. I think while we were talking about it before, when we were first talking about this being our first discussion, it kind of devolved into, or evolved into that multiplayer games in general, loot boxes, this free-to-play model. Um, it ain't how it used to be. Yeah, it's just video games can tell a story. Video games can be interactive media. And I think me coming at it from maybe like an actor and writer wanting to tell stories and loving living in these worlds and maybe being like cast as these characters that you would never normally get to play. Um, dealing with these larger than life situations is a lot better than when you're just like thrown into a situation and a countdown timer goes and you're, you know, you land on an island and have to kill 99 other people uh, kind of takes away from the fantasy of being a hero or being this larger than life character. So anyway... That's our main discussion. The other ones will be a little bit more fun. We'll do interviews, talks on certain franchises, stuff like that in the future. So this is just one main article of a bunch. They'll all take different formats. So let's flip the page. Bro, we got some games to review. We have some games. Oh, we got some games to review. Tetris. So let's talk about how the fact that uh, we just did a big article about Battle Royale. And I mean, technically, the first two games we're reviewing are Battle Royales. In, in a way. Well, the first one in a way. The second one, yeah. Okay. So you already said the first one. Tetris. I'm Tet- excited. I'm sorry. Tetris, Tetris 99. Everyone loves Tetris. Everyone should love Tetris. I'm not very good at it, but I do love Tetris. I'm glad they kept the original song. You can't, you can't change that song. Oh, you can change that song. Although the last Tetris game, Tetris Evolution, I believe, it was tough to get that song on your level. You had to get like a bonus level and I had it, and then you unlocked it. Sad. Um, so Tetris 99, you want to tell us a little bit about it? It's like normal Tetris mixed with, you know, I'm sure everyone's by this point 
if, if you're into Tetris, you've played like a versus kind of Tetris where, you know, you match the blocks and then you can uh, attack the other player by putting blocks under them. You know, everyone's everyone's played versus Tetris. This takes it another step and has 99 players at once versing each other. I got 99 Tetraminos. But uh, which ain't one? A T T turn. A T turn ain't one. T it's not a T turn. I can't think of the word right now. What is it? It's a T spin. T spin ain't one. T spin. T spin. Yeah, I'm not a pro Tetris player. <laughs> I love Tetris, but I'm not. No, not a pro player. But anyway, well. I, I got I got 13th place out of out of 99 on my second game. Not bad. I got 43. Was my best. <laughs> All right. So, it's unique. Yeah, I enjoy it. Um. It's free, which is nice, as long as you have the Nintendo Online subscription, which if you have a Nintendo Switch, I don't understand why you wouldn't get the Nintendo Switch Online uh, package. It's $20 for a full year, and that is a third of the price of both Xbox and PlayStation. And you get all the classic NES games that come with it, possibly more down the line, but at least right now it's just NES. And you get fun games like Tetris 99. So, I mean, you only get the one mode, but it is pretty fun. It gets pretty nerve-wracking. I know you got a little excited when people started dropping blocks on you. My first game didn't last very long at all. Everyone targeted me, and I was annihilated immediately. So I definitely like the way that you can see the other games being played, even though they're really small on the side of your screen. Um, It's tough to envision 98 other games of Tetris going on around you, uh, but that it's seeming just insane. But I think they do a really good job at the format of being able to see the other games but not taking your eyes off of your main game at the same time you could choose to attack one person mm-hmm. or you could attack random people Ooh, i mean technically they're all random because you don't know who you're well i mean you could focus like if you see one guy doing really good you could target him and every single one of your attacks will go towards that that is true which a lot of people decided to do for you for the oh first time. yeah everyone this annihilated me real good yep um you do level up there is progression um I would only, I mean, I know it was a free game. I know it's really quick. I would really like to see some, I know we talked about loot boxes before, but some kind of loot, some kind of reward for your progression. Like, hey, you got to level five. Here's this theme on your game or this background or something like that. So you can kind of show off how far you got in the game. Even if the other players can't see it, even if you could, I think that would be fun. You unlock this other music track. The the Facebook version of Tetris, you could uh, unlock like different block styles. See, you know, I don't understand why maybe that's not something like this stuff you could do here. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I know it was free, and it does seem kind of like the game is part of a different part of a bigger game that we maybe didn't get or maybe didn't get yet. Uh, when you look at the stats page, there's all and 99 mode. So that kind of makes me assume that maybe this game was meant to be part of a bigger game. Um, but as it stands, a free standalone Tetris game, I'll take it. Can't complain about free. Especially nope. if it works, it plays well. Tetris stands the test of time. Yeah. People still love it to this day. Um, so if you had to score it, bro, how would you score it? Um, from what I played, I mean, I would give it a solid probably 8 out of 10, you know. It, they could add definitely more features. That's where I'm thinking uh, it's missing those two points for me is just they need more features into it. Maybe a couple different game modes here and there. I get they're they're going for simplicity, but I kind of want to see some more features. But uh, I mean, gameplay wise, I mean Tetris, where you just you're battling ninety nine other Tetris players at once, which is a really cool concept. 
I would agree with you for most the most part. I would give it probably a like a seven point five out of ten. I feel like those missing features. I mean, you might as well just round up at that. Point. I don't think I can. I mean, maybe might as well just round up All to right, that, that nice shiny eight. I'll give it an eight only because go. it's Tetris. Its prestige gives it the extra point five, but I do think the missing features are kind of what kills it. And I wouldn't have minded a tutorial mode. I mean, if you're if this is on Nintendo Switch and you got to figure a lot of earlier gamers are playing this, um, a lot of people may be playing Tetris for the first time. Just how to play Tetris and also maybe explain exactly how to attack people and how the game works. I don't feel like there's a very good... I mean, and that could even just be a simple, like, how to play and then, like, you hit it and there's just, it pops up on the screen with, like, simple controls and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, some tutorial. Um, so I think between the missing, like, a missing simple tutorial and... Some kind of reward system other than just level progression. All right, bro. Uh, what are we recording next? What are we? What are we? What are we talking about? We're talking about the hottest new game out there. Ooh. We're talking about some Apex Legends. All right. It took a lot of convincing to get you to uh, to play this game. It really did. As uh, I said before, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of battle royales at all. I'm nope. actually shocked that this isn't just you listening to me talk about this review. <sighs> no. So I played this because everyone's streaming Apex Legends. Now. Everyone's watching Apex Legends right now. And as a small streamer trying to grow my channel, sacrifices just a small must town be made. Girl. Just a small town girl living in a lonely stream. Sad. So hopefully uh, I can play some of this and boost my viewers. I believe in you. Get myself out there more, but uh, let's talk about it. All right, so this game is made by Respawn Entertainment, the guys who made the incredible Titanfall and Titanfall 2. Both of them great games. Little soldier guys fighting with an incredible movement system. The guns felt great in Titanfall. The movement system was amazing. And you got to call down giant robots to either help you out or pilot, which just made the game so unique and awesome. And Titans. I guess what they had done, I had read, they allow a lot of their programmers to kind of branch off and take their game system, take their mechanics and kind of play around and see what kind of game can you make out of this? What what can you do with it? And so I guess a couple of them came up with Apex Legends, the idea for that at a base game, and they, they rolled with it and created this game. Which is why I feel like the movement in the game feels very smooth, feels very good, feels very reminiscent of Titanfall. And the guns especially... Um, I love the feel of the guns in Titanfall. I feel like when you're making a first-person shooter game or a shooter game in general, the feel of the weapons has to be good, and I feel like the feel of these weapons are, are really great. It's very true. One of the downfalls of PUBG, in my opinion. Mm. So, I mean, I love the vertical movement. I'm sad that there's no wall running. Um, but let's talk about the base. I guess let's talk about the uh, the basics of the game. So it is a battle royale. Uh, so far, only squad-based. You can... Uh you know, jump in with uh, teams of three, whether it be your friends or uh, some complete randoms online that you uh, piss off by picking their character uh, accidentally. Well, that's right. So it's got a little bit of an Overwatch vibe with that, with the, uh, the different legends. character classes. So that's where the legends come in. Um, there's eight right now as of uh, as of the game's release, I believe. And I know there's a healer type. There's a scout type that you could, uh, you know, try to find enemy positions That's with. That's Bloodhound. Bloodhound looks like a Tusken Raider if a Tusken Raider came right out of your local landfill. Mm, yep. But he's he's pretty cool. I'm a big fan of uh, Pathfinder the Robot. 
I enjoy his optimism. So the the great thing about the game is it's not third person like Fortnite or PUBG, but with the first person to give you guys some much needed uh, personality. Kind of like in Overwatch, they they've all got boisterous, you know, voices. They're all they've all got their own kind of personality in the way they talk. They do all have their own little perks. So Pathfinder's got his grappling hook. Healer, girl, lady. What's her name? You know her name? Pull it up. I'll pull up the characters. Pull up the characters. Don't know their names yet. What's your name? What's what's that healer's name? Her character's name is... And this will all be edited out anyway. Make it shorter. Uh, Lifeline. Lifeline. I... I am a fan of Lifeline. <laughs> so every character has a uh, an ability and then an ultimate ability. Right. So her normal ability is uh, you'll throw out this little healing bot, this little drone that kind of stays stationary, and if you go near it, you or your squad mates, it'll just attach its little uh, healing tube to you and heal you right up there without needing to expend uh, any uh, healing packs, resources that you have. And their ultimate, uh, it just calls in just an airdrop of supplies from above. Uh, with a high chance of good defensive gear. As a support character should have. Exactly. Uh, Pathfinder's got a grappling hook, so he can grapple everywhere on the map pretty much. Which makes him the best if you like moving quicker. Uh, Pathfinder's your guy. If you're if you're newer to the game, I would definitely recommend Pathfinder over some of the other characters just because of his movement, his ability to move out of danger real quick. And then his ultimate ability is uh, he's able to make points in the match where you can just zipline across, and every character that's on his team can use that zipline. Um, he's got an added bonus where there are little um, consoles all over the map where you can activate them as Pathfinder, hack into them, and see where the ring, because no battle royale is complete without a ring closing, um, where that next ring is going to close up. Which is kind of cool. So I haven't played a lot of battle royales, but in my opinion, does the ring in uh, in in Apex Legends close in quicker than other games? I feel like it does. Or it am I just imagining? Closes it? in quicker, but it takes longer to close in in general. Um, I think is how it works. So you have more time to build up your stock, more time to maybe you know just play the game at your own pace at the very beginning. Get your get your stuff. Look for enemy players. Um, make sure you and your team are kitted out before you go murdering. And and granted, I mean, if you get good loot, you can go a murdering uh, right away. It gives you a little bit of time to kind of explore the map, which I think, in my opinion, it's probably the best map of all of uh, Battle Royale. Hmm. I mean, I've only played, you know, I've played PUBG, I've played, you know, Fortnite. Blasphemy. I've, I haven't really played uh, Black Ops too much. Um, hmm. But I think this this map it's it's varied enough. It's it's gorgeous. The draw distance is incredible. You know, it's it's really cool when you're flying out of the jets. You see the two giant animals in the ocean, kind of walking through the water. Um, so that's kind of cool. But the game, it does play a lot like most battle royales. The ring closes, you kill the people. But there is the um, added thing which most games don't, which is you can revive your friends. You can revive. Which does make it a little bit more like a traditional shooter in that kind of respect, which is why I think I like it more than I would say most Battle Royales. Um, not just the feel of the game, but the fact that you can revive people makes you don't feel like you're in a Battle Royale as much. I'm more afraid of the other player than I am of the ring closing, and I'm more attuned to I've got to revive my buddy who's down. I've got to get to the respawn station. Um, 
which I think is also cool. I think your team is more of the more at the forefront than just winning the game and boiling it down. Is just protect your team, and you will be that first place guy. That is something I like, and, and it does feel like Overwatch in that sense, where like everyone you have to like pick a class that kind of like you know the the, the abilities kind of match up with each other complement yep you know having a healer class and then having your support uh class or your scout class and and then being pathfinder creating hooks for people to or ropes rather for people to grappling onto you know it is interesting definitely interesting adding the abilities into it but i i still have to say i re- i hope they add a single queue into the game where i don't have to deal with uh squads Getting mad that I chose their character. Well, I think you didn't know that. About that. <laughs> I think you didn't know that people can kind of like recommend yeah, like, like what they'd prefer. You know, sometimes you just want to go it alone. You just want to be a lone wolf. You don't want to have to deal with. I mean, in my opinion, well, that's fine. I think the I, games, the squads are very interesting. Um, I definitely like the communication aspect to it. I'm a person that doesn't like playing with randoms that often, um, and I enjoy the fact that. Because I'm usually a little bit more silent in my games when I play, I have the ability to press that right button um, on the controller. And no matter what I'm targeting, it tells them. If I want somebody to know about a piece of gear there, boom, right button on that helmet, and somebody knows. If I want to tell them there's an enemy nearby, right button over the enemy, hey, an enemy's right here, or I think we should go here. It's very intuitive. It always knows what I want it to say. Um, And I think it makes for a nice, clean, easy way to make teamwork work without necessarily needing to chat in the headset, which sometimes gets a little annoying, depending on who you're playing with. So yeah, I, th- I think Apex Legends, by and large, especially right out of the gate as a newer game, is a fantastic game. It's free to play. I never felt pressured once to have to buy something off of it. Um, you do drop loot loot boxes, which is nice, um, and earn points and rewards. Um, my only thing... The con I would say about the game would be, A, although the map is great, again, with most Battle Royales, I want more maps. That's that's who I am. That's the kind of gamer I am if I'm playing a multiplayer game. I like multiple maps that are a little different. Not that there's not a lot of different biomes in this, but I, I like numerous maps. I'm I'm a map guy. Um, there's no, like, is there? There is no cold area in the game. I was just thinking that. Yeah, there's no, like, snow area. area. That would be cool. Everything's very desert or jungly. There's no kind of colder place. That, that, that'd that be a good map. A flatter map, maybe, because there's, there's a lot of verticality to the map, because it is Titanfall. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe something where you can really see everything. It's a little more flatland. Um, my other kind of con about the game would be... Would probably be the fact that I don't feel ever compelled to buy anything. I think a lot of articles, a lot of people have been talking about how many players this game has. I think it's like a 24 million player base have downloaded the game. But it's free, so of course they are. In the end, why are people going to keep playing this game? I mean, other than the fact that it's really fun. Fortnite keeps people because, and and you might disagree with Fortnite in general, but you got to admit... The outfits are fun. They're funny. They're at least unique. I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, but I feel like in Apex Legends, a lot of the outfits and skins, it's it's all very samey. It's all kind of the same 
outfit. It's all the same. Hey, get this skin, but it's a little color different. Even Overwatch was like you had, you know, I, my guy in Overwatch is Reaper. You had a lot of different Reapers. You had Reaper before he turned into Reaper. You had Sombrero Reaper. You had the Halloween Reaper. But in this game, it's like the the most different one is there's a steampunk Pathfinder that's kind of cool. And Wraith gets bald for a couple of her skins. And that's about Weird. it. Weird. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely like to see more interesting skins come out, at least. Something that makes me want to keep playing something to strive for other than banners. But the game itself, especially with friends, is a lot of fun, especially for a battle royale. Um, uh, okay, I'll admit I had fun playing. Uh, there when we I go. Won, the round that I won. Anyway. The round he won. <laughs> so, all right. Since you hate battle royale so much. I do. I really do. I, will, I am very interested in your score. I want to hear your score first. <sighs> I will have to give it. A 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. Because, A, it it's a battle royale. And they're just kind of following everyone else right now. and So that's, that's going to take a point off for that. All right, so now we're down to a 9. And we're taking the point off because I want to be able to solo queue. So far, you can only queue as a squad, and, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but all these other Battle Royale games, you have a choice of squatting up or going in solo. This is true. This is not untrue, at least in the main ones. Third, that guy got real mad when I picked Lifeline, <laughs> and he said he didn't like me even before the match started. He didn't even know me. He got real mad at me. Ooh, your player base is salty. All right, so that that's what drops it down to that side. I wanted to be the healer. <laughs> fair, fair. That one moment in time. <laughs> you hear that? You've 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 wrote, lowered apex for uh, for player two here. Although you did carry my team to victory. That's so. right. There's that seven point five then for Alex. <laughs> but I'm not rounding up like he did. I'm rounding down. <laughs> All right, I would have to give Apex Legends, I would say, an 8.5. I enjoy it a lot. I'm going to take points away because, although it's fun, a gamer like me, gamer ADD, I need something to keep me playing, and the loot that's there now just isn't enough to make me want to keep playing other than the fact that it's a lot of fun. The other thing would be I enjoy the movement of Titanfall a lot, so I don't get why they took away some of the wall-running aspects. You could still, I mean... You still run up the walls a little bit, but you can't run left or right on the walls. There's not as much freedom of movement as there used to be, and that's a big drawback for me. Um, other than that, I mean, I'd love to see the game grow. Uh, the graphics are great. The gameplay is great. It feels really fun, and it's fun to play with people, and the communication aspect of the game is a lot of is is really great. I love that right button, quick communication. But like you said, I got to take points off as well for the, um, the fact that it is a battle Royale and I'm just, it's just a stale idea. No points for originality. Um, but it does marry its ideas very, very well. And I'd love to see it continue on and, and love to see the game it evolves into. Well put. All right. Well put. Um, so we got another game to talk about. Are you? Are you getting hungry? For 
brains. brains. Itchy. Itchy. Tasty. Resident Evil 2. So, my brother and I, probably the first horror game we ever played was Resident Resident Evil 2. We saw an ad on TV. We were like, we got to play this game. We rented it. Had tons of fun. Mm -hmm. Asked for it for Christmas. Got Resident Evil 1 instead. Which is fine, because Resident Evil 1... Still fantastic. But still also the worst voice acting ever in a video game. Maybe House of the Dead 2 takes that. But Yeah, House of the Dead 2 is worse. But, House of the Dead. But general. Resident Evil 1 and Jill Sandwiches. <laughs> um, so we both played the remake. Uh, Resident Evil 2. I played as Claire. He played as Leon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to go back and... We gotta Vice do the other Rosa. stories, and we gotta play uh, the, the the other characters. We gotta play the hunk mode. We gotta play tofu. But but uh, did you did you beat the campaign, as Leon? I am right at the very end. I'm right about to beat it. All right, I beat the I, I beat Claire's A campaign. Um, so off the bat, I'll say beautiful game, An amazing Ari engine, man. Yep, that that engine's great. They did add. A lot to the intro. You can actually play during the intro sequence. You you know, you couldn't do that in the first one. The gas station original. Is, is a good place to start. Yep. And gives you a nice different locale so you're not stuck in the police station, which is nice. But I I have to start out by my saying a, a few cons about it though. There's not many cons because it's a great game. But but so I'm gonna I'm gonna get the cons off the bat first. Okay. One, I felt like you didn't spend nearly as much time in the main police station area as you did in the original game. I actually thought the same thing. I thought, wow. Maybe I'm out of it real quick. Yeah, I'm like, was I just really bad? I mean, I was really bad at the old Resident Evil 2, but I don't remember being able to get out of the police station so fast. Yeah. You really just go to the underground right away. Yeah, it it took no time. You can't. You do circle back to the police station, and you are given an opportunity later in the game to go back, which I don't remember being able to do back in the day. Um, but yeah, and I I really think, and and uh, I only speak for playing Claire. I'm not sure about Leon's a, but the 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 journey to the police station in the original, there was a lot more to that. In the remake. You just you, you know, you get the scene where you you're outside the uh, the blown up uh, police car, but then you go right to the police station and through the front gate. In the original Resident Evil Two, you got it. You have to meet you meet Kendo. Mm-hmm. I, know, I don't mm-hmm. know about Leon's campaign, but in Claire's A campaign in the remaster, you don't even meet Kendo. Uh, in Leon's, you do meet Kendo. They actually have. There's a really um, a pretty decent sized scene with Kendo. I don't want to spoil it for you because you haven't seen it. But there is a scene in as soon as you leave the police station, like completely, and you're about to go in the sewers, you do mm-hmm. meet Kendo, and there's a big scene with Kendo. You do go through his gun store. Um, yep. As as Claire, you see the gun store, but you don't even go into it. Yeah, it's a little different with Leon. Yeah, and and, and it's just you you know there was a lot to it. You know, you go through that. You have to you go through the zombie ridden streets. You see like how crazy you know the city's gotten since the the first Resident Evil game occurred. And uh, 
and then you go through the garden area on the side of the police station and that's how you get in but in, in the remaster i have to say i was kind of disappointed where you just you're you're just right there you just you go through it and then you go through the front gates where in the original that's where you go in as jill in resident evil 3 you go through the front gates and that was unique in the fact that it's different from you know the original 2 where you get to you know sneak in through the side and but like but i guess my main point is you get you go through the streets and see the chaos of Raccoon City in the original game before you really get to that's a, that's a big gripe for me. Those two things are are, are big gripes, and um, kind of along the same lines. I feel like there's just a little bit too many differences in from from the this remaster and the original. And one being this is one another. Uh, point for me is mr x the titan that follows you around Mm -hmm. or not titan tyrant Tyrant, yep (laughs) the tyrant that follows you around he was only ever in the b campaigns in the original yeah i didn't really remember him playing when i played again one of my main complaints about mr x is i mean i know it's a classic look but he's so damn corny i really don't like that guy i really thought they could update his look he looks dumb yeah, he's just a big, big zombie that's not even zombie looking. In a trench coat and a hat. Big gray dude in a trench coat, basically. I, I want to know that scientist that put the trench coat on him and then just went, you know what this guy needs? And like, well, in the original game, he didn't have the hat in the original. Did game. he not have the hat? No. Because he did not have a hat in the original. Oh my game. God. When he walks in with that hat, I'm like, who dressed this guy? Yeah. Who decided this zombie needs an outfit? <laughs> I got this. But again, they that's a big change to me. That I don't like that they they put in, you know, because it's almost like they're changing the story at that point. Um, because they own the, the tyrant only ever existed in the B campaigns, and the main reason is actually gameplay reason for me why I don't like that because it changed the game up, you know. In the first the first playthrough, the A campaigns, you know, you're going through the motions, you got the zombies, the liquors, but you're just kind of playing through it, and then. You know, you play through it again, and you're like, okay, I'm just going to be playing through, like, as the other character, you know, going through the, the the police station in a different route. But then they throw the tyrant at you, and you're like, oh, this changes a lot in the yeah. second playthrough. You have this huge new the new game element now. You have this, like, basically unkillable giant monster now hunting you, making the second playthrough really unique compared to the first and the remaster just doesn't have that because mr x is just always there always there i have similar issues you know the the two campaigns are from what i've i've heard and read and seen very similar um i like mr x at the beginning though because i feel like having played resident evil before uh, left me a little too good at this one I mean, there were very few points, at least in the... Um, I mean, the sewers are another story there. They get, it does get a little harder there. But the police station in and of itself, maybe because it's so quick, is is really easy. And it was pretty easy. You go through and the zombies are really creepy and the game kind of loses its scare moment when you get to the point where I've probably got enough ammo to handle this and you realize you don't need to kill every zombie. Once you realize that... The game isn't as 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 heart pounding, and then Mister X appears, and I still remember um, trying to 
start that clock tower toward the end of your run in the police station and hiding in the clock tower room wondering is Mr. X coming here because oh, I am I have one noise. shotgun shell left and I am this is not going to end well. Well, you were never really meant to kill all the zombies in Resident, the original Resident Evil. Right, Resident right. Resident. The look of the game is, is just fantastic. It's creepy. I love the change to over the shoulder. It's really tough to do the tank controls anymore with the um, the kind of isolated camera view. It just feels dated. It works. It makes everything creepy not being able to see around the corner. But I think their change was welcome. I think that was a welcome change. I still feel like they should have kept an option to do that if you wanted to have that on. Because I feel like that did add good horror aspect to the original games not being able to see around the corner and getting that perfect camera angle that they crafted to make the scene look the creepiest but for the gameplay it wouldn't work the way they designed the gameplay they remastered so it wouldn't have worked but i do miss the tank controls in that sense i like the smoothness of the controls the guns all feel very good they they, they almost feel tanky a little bit they give it a little bit of that classic feel mm-hmm. um i don't like that i can't headshot the zombies um, if you haven't played it yet you can unload a full clip from either's handgun into a zombie's head and that sucker will keep on walking there's no trick um blowing off their jaw doesn't work so they can't bite you anymore they will still keep on coming see i i think i thought there was it was just a random chance but uh i heard somewhere that there's a very specific spot if you shoot them in their head their heads do explode I have exploded a couple shots. See, I thought it was random. It might be random, yeah. But but someone told me that you shoot a very specific spot in the head and their heads will explode. Yeah, if anybody knows that, please um, drop us an email and let us know exactly where to shoot those zombies in the head. That would yeah. be very helpful for my B playthrough later on. I definitely want to know that. Um, that being said, the damage done to the zombie looks really good. I also love, and by love I mean I'm terrified of the fact that you can't tell if a zombie's dead anymore by the pool of blood underneath them. It makes for a much more intense experience going through that police station not knowing which zombie was dead or not. And I did waste quite a few bullets on a couple of actual dead zombies just going, uh, no sucker, you ain't getting me today. And just unloading one or two shots into their head just to make sure they wouldn't get back up. At least there's no crimson heads. This is true. The liquors, I was a little disappointed. I, they don't look as frightening as they did in the first game. A little too thin for me. Hmm. The liquors, my problem with them is the game tells you, and this was never the case in the original, but it, it's, a, it's, it's a neat feature. But I feel like they didn't implement it correctly. That um, you know, if you move quietly, they won't get you because they're, they operate off of audio. Sucker's got no eyes. But if you get close to them, they'll hear you no matter what. So in tight hallways, you still can't sneak past them. See, I've snuck past them, almost touch, like nearly touching them. Really? Yeah, they I were right next I've... to the West End office, and I had mm. to like sneak past. He didn't. He was like right on me, and I just held my breath. Literally, I guess I was doing something wrong. I don't know. I guess I was doing something wrong then. But that that would be my one gripe of the liquors. I just don't think they're difficult. I got killed the first time and realized, all right, I got to walk really slow. Reloaded the game and never had a problem with them again. Too much ammo. Too much ammo in the game. I would agree in the police station, and then when you get to the sewers, at least as Leon, it is tough. It gets a little tough if you make I a wrong turn. Opposite. I felt as Claire when I was in the, the sewers and later, I just had so much gunpowder that I didn't even know what to make with it. No, oh, I have one. I have one vial of gunpowder. I had one vial of gunpowder I couldn't combine. Although then I got the flamethrower, which just decimates the sewer monsters, and then it was just like, okay. There's, I don't think there's okay. a flamethrower as a... No, I think she gets a 
the spark shot thing. Yeah, she got the and that's terrible. That is awful. Spark shot's not a good weapon. Say my last criticism, the soundtrack. I did not like the the new soundtrack. Yeah, I miss the I mean, I like the the main title music does keep the save room theme in there a little bit. But it, there's I didn't really even no know, soundtrack. I'll be honest. I didn't even notice a soundtrack when I played. It, maybe if it was just that forgettable that I can't remember there being really a soundtrack as I played the game. Only a couple of but, spaces in the game world had a, had music. The first save room and the main hall of the police station. And I think that mm-hmm. might be it. Just that that creepy. And I and I know there is a. Is, I think it's only if you pre-order the game you get the original. Only soundtrack. if you pre-order. I think but, you can buy it as an add-on. Oh, okay. Because that, if you if you enable that, then it bring does bring that feel back. Because the the soundtrack is just so good. That's one of the things I loved as a kid playing it. And the first one is every room had like its unique, or sorry, every like floor, every some some rooms had their own unique, but every like floor of the building had a unique, creepy, really creepy mm-hmm. track. That's what scared you, or me anyway, as a kid. It definitely kept you on edge. Yeah. And it, it does still it does still hold up in if you head. activate that mm-hmm. and you play in that main hall and the, the strings pop up. I mean, it's all synth kind of music, but because that kind of fits with the horror theme, it does not feel like the music is dated at all. Forget the the save the safe room. Theme. Safe room theme is awesome. No one forgets the safe you, room. You go themes. into the safe room and you just hearing that music makes the music makes you feel safe. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic feeling. I played. My A playthrough, I pl- I just turned it on a couple times just to listen to it, um, but I mostly had it off. I think when I play my B playthrough, I'm just going to keep it on the whole time just to add to the atmosphere for sure. So now that we put the criticisms out of the way, I think we criticize it enough. Oh, yeah. Because I no. think we both... Uh, we, I love it. Don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, all those criticisms, It this is an amazing... Yeah, the game. fact that you can poke all those holes in that game and it still is... I, I yep. would say, I mean, it's. I mean, obviously it's only February... I, that's one of my games of the year right now. It's it's the perfect nostalgia. They updated just enough. The graphics. Just being back in Raccoon City feels good. Killing zombies. Not anything stupid with Resident Evil. Going back to basics. Nope. No Lost Plagas where they all have guns shooting back at you during the daylight. No Chris Redfield punching boulders. You know, you're not... Leon Kennedy that does that does flips and shit. You're rookie cop Leon Kennedy. They're zombies. You're not just gonna flip over their head and just rip it off with your bare hands. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 good old fashioned horror um, the way it should be. Zombies. I miss zombies. I miss zombies too. Although re- that that's not to say Resident Evil Seven is fantastic. I I jumped on the Resident Evil Seven train a little late. Um, I, I just wanted to play it before this new one came out, and it is really good. Resident Evil 7 is good. It's got the horror. It's got a lot of what makes a Resident Evil game great. I love puzzles with the added mm-hmm. stress of zombies coming at you. Resident Evil should be slow and menacing, not quick and, and jump scares. I agree. I think we everyone could agree that 6 is garbage. Not many people liked 5, but a lot of people liked 4. See, that's where it gets me. I don't like 4. And I get I get help from that a lot because to me it's Resident Evil Four was not a Resident Evil. Sure, they kept some like horror feel to it still, unlike Five and Six, but it's an action game. Mm-hmm. Four, Five, and Six are action games. There's no more zombies. They're intelligent, well, semi-intelligent. <laughs> Lost Plagas, and it, it's just yeah, it's just it lost the Resident Evil feel for me. I didn't like Four. 
four, five, and six. Four was okay because it lost the Resident Evil feel for it, and by then other games had come out. I just never really caught up with five and six. I never really had any interest. The reviews weren't good. Um, All you need to know about five is Redfield punch a giant boulder. I I, I have heard about that. Maybe from you. I, I want here. to actually go to a convention and. I want someone to dress up as Chris Redfield. I'm just going to dress up as a boulder. And people will instantly be like, ha ha, that's funny. Because it's just ridiculous. Here I am laughing hysterically. It's so, you need to you need <laughs> to play the game just for that scene. Just to get that scene where he just punches a boulder. I have a morbid curiosity and my love for Resident Evil. At least the classic Resident Evils make me want to play them. But I would only play them if they were on sale on, on one of the digital stores for, like, the collection of them for 20 bucks, And and for that money, I want all the DLCs as well. Resident Evil 2 is good old-fashioned Resident Evil. Graphics are great. The gameplay is great. The changes, um, I don't have as many gripes about it as my brother, um, but he was always better at it and beat it more often than I did. I never got the hunker tofu. Um, <laughs> I think... I'm okay with Kendo not being there. I'm okay with just getting to the police station. I think you see a little bit of the, the what happens to Raccoon City in the cinema sequence. I would love to see Resident Evil 3 remake. Um, I w- I'm actually a Code Veronica guy myself. Not too many people know about Code Veronica. Uh, I would love... Uh, it's the Dreamcast, man. Beloved Dreamcast. PS2 as well. PS2 as well. After the fact, though. I think we've said enough. I mean, I think we both love this game. There's free DLC that just came out that we have not gotten to yet. Um... With the Survivor's Pack, uh, where you play as the mayor's daughter, you play as Kendo, and I believe another Umbrella soldier. Yep. So, we definitely gotta give those a try. If we beat those, maybe we'll add that to another review. But as it stands right now, let's rate Resident Evil 2. 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I think we said our cons. Yeah, We've already said everything. We have to talk about I think it's a great game. I'm going to already nominate it for our two-player bros game of the year. Um, I'm going to put it on the nomination list. And it was such a surprise announcement. Last year at E3, they announced it, and it's out now. It was never delayed 90 times like so many other games are. It's just, it's great. Buy it today. Or tomorrow. I mean, do what you want. All right, it's time to uh, flip the page. So now we're going in to retro round two that's right all right i got a house recently and when i moved in i just was like hey mike screw you i'm taking the console game the classic consoles with me yeah it's sad but i don't have room in my one bedroom apartment so i have a nice fun little basement setup where i've got all the uh the classic games set up a big one that i've been trying to get back into is a super mario 64 great game one of the best mario games it is it's amazing to this day it actually has a huge presence in the community still super mario 64 is the game to speed run the game to speed run. the game to speed run how long would it say would you say it took it took you to get all 120 stars in, in super mario 64? back in the day if you back just in include gameplay oh, man Probably definitely, days, Definitely right? days. Um, days. In terms of just gameplay alone, over 20 hours for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. There is a – the world record uh, speedrun holder for 120 stars is a guy who goes by the, uh, the the name Cheese. It used to be Cheese05. He just, he just switched it recently to Cheese, just Cheese on Twitch. He ate the other four. He did. So now he, he is the only he Cheese. He's the only Cheese. He's the big Cheese. He, uh, he cleared 120-star speedrun. One hour, 38 minutes. 
That's that's a lot less than uh, than it took me. That is a lot less. You'd watch him and be like, "How is that humanly possible? That's not humanly possible." And you watch him. Um, and and the crazy thing is, the community is so active in this. To this day, they're coming up with new tricks and just they they keep finding more ways to to take time off of it new glitches to exploit new ways to jump around the level and that's actually one of the things that makes made super mario 64 so great mario is is like a ninja in that game there's so many maneuvers and movement abilities you could do as mario um that you know as a kid playing the game, I would have never thought like all these ways to beat the levels are possible. But but the ways like if you watch these speedrunners, man, they they'll do crazy jumps up walls that you didn't think possible and just getting these stars in such insane ways, you're like, Oh yeah, I guess that that is possible <laughs> to do that. You're like, Oh, okay, that makes sense. Is there an insane way to get rid of your penguin friend off the level? Um no, you still have to just drop him off because when you drop him, it just goes straight down. There's Hilarious no and heartbreaking at the same time. But I will tell you the speed run tactic, actually. You can take that penguin, mm-hmm. jump off the cliff right at the beginning, and the and uh, it'll get you onto a platform. You jump down that platform, you get to another cliff. So take the penguin, cliff, small platform, another cliff. And when you slide to the end of the cliff, you actually it launches you directly to the mama penguin so you can actually clear that baby penguin star in less than 10 seconds from that's, the start of the level that's insane yep so i i did notice that as well i noticed that um when i first went on twitch i was surprised that one of the top streams was always mario 64 it's very popular it's just so popular right now it's just really kind of cements it as as one of the best mario games it really does I'm sure you've heard of uh, AGDQ, Awesome Games Done Quick. Uh, yes, I have. Where, you know, retro games, they're still going strong. You know, people are just, they're, they're just speedrun run now. And uh, AGDQ, it's always for a good cause. People donate a lot of money during the streams uh, for charities. Mm-hmm. And while just people play their favorite childhood games. You know, retro games are still are still good. They're popular. And popular than m- many modern games actually. If you if you go on Twitch, you know, you look at the viewer count. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more people watching uh GoldenEye and Super Mario 64 than there are watching like Left 4 Dead games like that. Yeah, great games will stand the test of time. They will. Masterpieces basically. And on the topic of kind of older games, mm. um a big one that I wanted to talk about today in Retro Round 2, Diablo 2. And actually, the modding community. So I think if uh, any Diablo players here can agree that Diablo 2, come on, let's be real, it's still the best Diablo game. Diablo 1, dear place in our hearts, um, just for being the first Diablo game. Diablo 3, I'm one of the people who aren't the biggest fan of it, but I'm pretty sure most uh, hardcore Diablo 2 fans who put thousands and thousands of hours into it as i have can agree that diablo 3 just doesn't stand up to two at all but in also that regard diablo 2 has never been the most balanced game um at least in the later patches you know you you get to the the hell difficulty which is basically the end game every enemy is immune to some damage type but if you make a character that's not just pure one damage type you know you 
you're screwed. You can't play solo. You have to play with the group. But if you play with the group, you can't get any items because everyone fights over the drops because it's not a sh- it's a shared drop system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's this mod I found. And, uh, you know, the D- Diablo 2 devs have completely given up on p- hashing the game. It's too old. They don't care anymore. They're not going to fix the balancing issues. I understand. They're not going <laughs> to fix the quality of life things. But this, this path is called Path of Diablo, this, this mod. They have fixed a lot of the balancing issues. And you know what? It's giving Diablo 2 uh, this nice, fresh feel for me and a lot of other people. Um, there's, a, there's a pretty big player base in it. A lot of the Diablo 2 player base has gone to this mod because you can you don't have to pick the like four cookie cutter classes that actually work in Diablo 2 in in vanilla Diablo 2. With this mod, they don't change a lot. They they really don't. This this mod is as pretty much as close as you can get to the vanilla game aside from, you know, there's mods like Median XL for Diablo 2. I know you don't know much about Diablo 2 mods at all. Not a big Diablo guy. But uh, Diablo, there's this mod meeting Excel that changes you know, all the skills. There's different enemies. The game is almost completely different. Mm. But this Path of Diablo mod, everything's the same except they add some endgame content. Okay. So you don't have to farm the same just bosses over and over. You farm what they call maps, which is are really hard areas, really difficult areas. But you can beat any build you want. They have fixed all the balancing, so you know you want to play a summon druid that no one would ever even think of playing in Vanilla Diablo 2 because it was so terrible. You could do it; it's viable now. Any build, so like that was a big thing in Diablo 2 in Vanilla for me. It's very active. The servers aren't bad. Vanilla Diablo 2 run by Blizzard still. Their servers are awful. Okay, you can't make more than like five games in twenty minutes or something like that, or else you'll get banned temporary banned restriction banned um this mod you can make as many matches as you want and uh no no temporary restriction um bunch of quality of life changes so i have to say if you want to get back into diablo 2 check out path of diablo it's a really fun way to experience diablo again get your retro on in path of diablo get your retro on retro round two i'm gonna get mike over here over we're gonna play some retro games i'm down as long as it's not Diablo. Not very oh, good. Got a copy. I just, <laughs> just picked up another an extra copy of uh, the first Rainbow Six. Ooh. Play some original Rainbow Six. You I do me. like Rainbow Take Six. Take down the terrorists. I think that about does it for our first uh, episode of uh, Two Player Bros. Two Player Bros. Two Player Bros. So once again, I'm Player One, Mike Butler. It's time to plug some stuff. Uh, I've got... Two other podcasts coming out as well. I've got Forgotten Cinema with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about movies that have kind of been forgotten to the sands of time for whatever reason. Um, They may or may not have been popular when they came out, um, but uh, we think that they deserve another watch. There's something about them that's just – it's it's they're good quality films in whatever genre they are, and we uh, dig them up, we rewatch them, and we hope that we get you interested in them enough to rewatch them as well and uh, discover something new to like about them. I've also got another one with my fiance called Cracking One Open with Mike and Elise. It's brews, reviews, and pop culture news where we crack open a different beer every beginning of every episode and we uh, go over the week's pop culture news. We talk about, we review different things on TV and movies and uh, what's out now. Those both are coming out very soon. Well, that's me, bro. What do you got going on? 
So here's player two here, Alex. And right now I am working on building up my uh, Twitch channel. Ooh, Twitch. Yeah. So I've been uh, starting to stream. I don't have a specific game set that I've been that I, I play. Um, I play anything on there. N64. You know, I've got I've got the the splitter to hook that up to my computer to stream some uh, retro games mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on my basement uh, computer there. But majority, I'll be streaming some PC games. You know, right now Apex Legends. Uh, I've been streaming a lot of Stardew Valley. Uh, Killing Floor 2 is one that I love to stream, but no one watches. <laughs> so if you're into Killing Floor 2, let me know, and maybe I'll stream some of that again, because I absolutely love streaming that. Just not a very well-known game to be streaming, but, you know, I try to have fun. I'm, I'm trying to interact with the uh, my audience as much as possible to get in there, but, you know, if you want to just come hang out in the stream with me, talk while I play some video games and you know, do a drunk stream here and there when my brother eggs me on to drink. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm responsible. Super <laughs> responsible. But uh, check me out there. It's uh, twitch.tv slash evangelix, A-V-E-N-G-A-L-E-X. Uh, give me a follow, and uh, you'll see my notifications when I come live. All right. So that's been uh, it's our first podcast. We're... Uh... Two player bros. We are two player bros. Yeah. Um, please, you know, wherever you're listening to this, um, please give us, a, you know, a subscribe to our uh, channel. Uh, you can find us on our own website at twoplayerbros.com. Um, we'll be available on Google Play, Spotify, Apple Music, all those good things. Um, just drop on by, subscribe, make sure you don't miss an episode. Episodes come out every other week. But next week, we'll probably have some reviews for Anthem. We'll be doing a preview of Division 2 and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. And hopefully soon we'll get a couple of special guests on the show as well. If you want to drop us a question that we can answer on the show during our Q&A, you can uh, email us at twoplayerbrospodcast at gmail.com. And thanks to Ozd for letting us use his song Getting Started from the Friendship Adventure soundtrack. You can find that song and more awesome retro trip tunes on his Spotify or on his site at ozd.net. That's O-Z-Z-E-D dot net. That sounds good to me. Bro. Oh, yeah. So uh, keep on gaming. See you next time. Adios.